Hi, my name is Pete Scazzaro. I want to welcome you today to the Emotionally Healthy Leader Podcast. Our topic is endings and new beginnings, endings and new beginnings. And this is the final uh, of actually nine weeks I've done on the Emotionally Healthy Leader. Uh, I've gone chapter by chapter through the book, uh, expanding on the content that's found in each chapter. Uh, as you, many of you have been reading it uh, on your own. And these podcasts are meant to be a supplement, a kind of up-to-date uh, for your reading and broadening and deepening discussion with lots of illustrations to further stimulate your own thinking and wrestling and integration of this theology uh, to your leadership. So again, let me encourage you to download the discussion guide uh, from our website. It's free, uh, emotionallyhealthy.org slash guide. Uh, to use you with your team. And so we began by talking about four inner life issues, face your shadow, lead out of your marriage or singleness, slow down for loving union, and practice Sabbath delight. And then we talked about how these all inform the our outer life of leadership that we're involved in on a daily basis, like planning and decision-making, culture and team building, power and wise boundaries, which, which we dealt with last week. And this week, we're talking about endings and new beginnings. And so uh, we really are on a uh, high-level application of discipleship uh, in leadership. And when we talk about endings and new beginnings, uh, we are really, truly in deep waters. And uh, so l- let me just begin with a uh, a little quiz for you of how you know you're not doing endings and new beginnings well. You know you're not doing it well when you can't stop ruminating about something from the past. You know you're not doing endings and new beginnings well when you use busyness as as an excuse to avoid taking time to actually grieve your endings and losses. Uh, You know you're not doing endings well when you have a hard time even identifying your difficult feelings of sadness and fear and anger. Or you find yourself just angry and frustrated by the limits and pain of life that you're confronting. Or you're not doing endings and new beginnings well when you're escaping or medicating uh, through the pain of losses, through getting busy, self-destructive behaviors, working too much, uh, inappropriate uh, you know, relationships or overdoing social media, you name it. Uh, you know you're not doing endings and new beginnings well when you're struggling with envy towards those who don't seem to be struggling with the same things that you're struggling with. Or you dream about quitting in order to avoid the setbacks that you're routinely uh, confronting. Or perhaps you're not honest with yourself about actually your doubts and hurts and, and your you know tough feelings. And you know you're not doing endings and new beginnings well when uh, you have a hard time acknowledging that something you've launched has failed. Uh, or you end up spitting the truth or glossing over uh, your disappointments and losses. So again, the list goes on. But most of us don't do well with endings. And as a result, we miss many new beginnings that God has for us. And so this has been a very slow burn for me, this whole theme of endings and new beginnings. And really going back to my whole conversion or God meeting me into what we now call emotionally healthy discipleship and getting a handle on grief and loss. And so it's been a slow expansion and application of that whole theology to leading and uh, dealing with uh, endings. And so in so many ways, we're we're framing a theology not just for ourselves, but for those we lead to give them a, a sense of perspective and, and life. And so when we talk about endings, there's really a continuum uh, for us in leadership. There's the small endings that, you know, each carry their own unique pain. Things like, you know, you, you maybe you launch another new ministry or church and 
30 to 40 people leave your ministry to go plant another church and they're all excited, but you've lost some people and you're dealing with the grief of that. Or, uh, or you know, you're actually, your ministry grows uh, from 25 to 100 people. And all of a sudden you're like, oh, that's, a, that's an ending because the small intimacy is gone and now you're dealing with a larger number of people that you can't process uh, in all the decisions that are being made and folks are feeling left out. That's an ending. Or uh, your assistant uh, tells you that, uh, you know, a gifted family that you really appreciate uh, in your church is leaving to go to another church. Uh, and that's just an ending of uh, relationships, of sadness, and but they want to go somewhere else. Or an ending of, of a staff person whom you really appreciate leaves for another position somewhere else. And uh, it's just a real loss. Or some one of your board members who's a great giver, uh, very solid, someone you've leaned on, uh, she tells you or he tells you that they're moving to another state with their family for a new opportunity. And so these are small endings, but they're endings nonetheless and, and they're losses. But then there's the big endings that come to us in leadership. Things like, you know, someone writes a letter uh, that you trusted to your supervisors or your board, basically critiquing you uh, and uh, saying some very harsh things about you. And you know that once you realize that letter was written, that your relationship with them will probably never be the, the same. Or you find out that someone under your leadership has been having an affair uh, for a long period of time and you trusted them and now you've got a scandal to deal with that's going to have long-term you know, implications. Or uh, after 10 years of working yourself in a position, perhaps in a particular ministry, you realize there's such a level of inner restlessness uh, that you need to move on, like you have to move on, like you can't continue anymore. It's going to have significant repercussions for you personally and your family and those around you. Or, you know, a, a, a number of people, a percentage of people in your ministry leave to go start another church or another ministry somewhere else. And it is just painful. Or you find out that your position is being eliminated and you're suddenly looking at possibly being unemployed. So those are big endings. And so the two questions I want to I want you to just process from as you're again jogging, walking, whatever you might be doing today, you know, working on the treadmill, driving your car. And these are the two questions I uh, often ask and in my in my own relationship with Jesus and my own leadership and that's this. You know, what is it uh time perhaps to let go of in your personal life and leadership? Uh you know, what's over right now? What what chapter is coming to a close? And then the second question is, what new beginnings might be waiting backstage to come forth? What what might be some new things that God wants to bring an entrance to into your life? And I, I like to ask myself those questions as I move along because I find that when I do, uh, often the Holy Spirit will say, this is ending and there is something perhaps new uh, coming, but uh, there's an ending here and I want you to notice it. So. Uh, let's talk about, first of all, just the way we usually deal with endings, and uh, and that is poorly. Uh, you know, we see them as alien invasions, and I, we're kicking and screaming against them. I know I I, I hate letting go. Uh, as much as I can preach about change and adventure and the unknown, uh, in reality, I, I don't like it. I like stability. Uh, and even when programs aren't working or initiatives aren't working and perhaps people not fitting uh, I, I kick and scream. And so I go into things like denial or blaming or I get really angry and rationalize and uh, avoid, uh, look for spiritual shortcuts, uh, blame someone, 
demand someone get get rid of this pain. But I'm, I, I it's been a very long road for me to actually uh, embrace endings, uh, large and small, because I, I don't like pains and, and they and they are a death. And but it's a critical discipleship issue uh, because it touches, as we'll see, so many larger theological issues. Uh, things like you know how big is your God? Uh, you know when we say God is transcendent, you know He's much larger than we think. Yeah, again, it preaches well, but we we ended up we fear where what are you doing, God? And what are you you know how are you going to get there? And when is this going to be over? And what are you doing? And yes, God is alive and He's moving, uh, but it's been cutting edge for me to realize how big God is and how much larger His plans are than than mine. And and uh, to be very careful that I'm serving God in a way that he actually wants me to serve him, which is, you know, I want to do your will versus the way I, I, I want to serve you. And uh, you'll hear this in a message in, in the coming weeks. But the way, you know, think of your quiet time or your way you pray and do Bible study and silence. We can do it to feel good about ourselves and go into our day feeling centered versus, uh, no, I, I, my, my goal here is to be in a position so I can do God's will for today, whatever that might be. And uh, where I'm just allowing Jesus to completely and totally transform me. And uh, and I think also we, we forget how big God is and also how big our own destiny is. And, you know, what lies beneath us, God has seen so much larger than we do. And we may be content with a certain place in our lives, but God loves you too much. And he's going to move you on. So he's going to bring some endings and deaths so that there can be some new beginnings. So. Um, we're all deeply informed by our family of origin and our cultures. And uh, I don't think I know of any cultures that do grieving well. Uh, again, cultures grieve, whether it's Africans or you know Indians or Jews or Arabs or Latinos, Chinese, and every culture has got their way of grieving. Uh, on one extreme, you got the no must, no fuss. You got the other extreme, time stops forever, like in Italy or Greece. And uh, you know, women wear black the rest of their lives. People, Italians, people used to jump in the grave. Um, you know, we don't want to do endings and, uh, you know, time freezes, uh, relationships rigidify, we get physically sick because we don't, we don't do endings well, uh, we stop experiencing life and the new doesn't come forth. We get stuck in the past and uh, I, I can't tell you how many people I meet that at one time were in leadership or were actively serving in a church and because they didn't do endings and new beginnings well, uh, got hurt or got stuck or got angry and basically stayed in a place. Uh, in kind of a suspicious place, a guarded place, and may continue to to be in church, but are not following or going into the new that God may have for them. Uh, and yet for us as leaders, these endings and new beginnings are so critical because the world is changing so quickly uh, before us. Uh, and if we're going to offer leadership, we have got to be able to just even embrace cultural change that's going on all around us, whether it's millennials, Generation Zs, I don't care how old you are, you can be 20, 30 years old, you can already be out of date. Uh, and I meet people who aren't changing. And, and we, you know, the gospel doesn't change, but the way we do ministry and leadership does uh, change. And we need constantly retooling, looking at what we're doing and saying, are we communicating in a way that's actually effective, you know, in our culture? And uh, there's a lot of endings and new beginnings that we've got to embrace even as we lead and lead our church into because of how quickly the world is changing around us. And I'm amazed. I'm doing my own study of Generation Z. And we've got a team looking at, as we've been doing the Emotionally Healthy Discipleship course uh, in churches, its impact for 17, 20, 25-year-olds because the kind of questions they're bringing to the table are very different than folks in their late 20s and 30s and 40s uh, in approaching Scripture. And we want to make sure that we are bringing Jesus uh, to the generation 
of those who are going to be in leadership in the future. And so uh, it sometimes I get dizzy, but it requires change um, because not a matter how old you are, it's a matter of how open you are uh, to endings and new beginnings. And uh, to lead in our culture today requires that. So this is a major leadership issue. Um, and it really comes out, of course, in the way ministries and churches often do succession processes, and which goes often very poorly. And so, again, this is a major theme of Scripture. We've got a whole book in the Bible called Lamentations about an ending. Uh, two-thirds of the Psalms are laments, endings, you know, expressing expressions of sorrow and mourning. Uh, we've got David, you know, writing a whole Psalm in 2 Samuel chapter 1, a grief about an ending when Saul and Jonathan are killed in battle. Uh, the whole cross and resurrection is about an ending. You know, Jesus, you know, the crucifixion and burial, out of which then comes a new beginning. Uh, I love Walter Brueggemann's work on the Psalms. He basically describes the Psalms as having three phases to them. Uh, orientation, where things are stable, uh, a disruption, uh, disorientation. And then the Psalms have this other theme of reorientation, how God brings something good out of it. And so I like to call my themes of, and you'll see this in the Emotional Health Discipleship course, uh, we teach about grief and loss in a biblical way, um, that there's three phases to endings. And first there's the paying attention to it. Uh, then there's a, the living and the confusing in between as we wait on God. And then there is the new beginning, the, the old birthing, the new. So, uh, so let's just take that apart real briefly and then get very practical about how we approach endings and new beginnings in our leadership. So first of all, even just recognizing, wow, there is an ending happening here and allowing ourselves to feel it deeply. Uh, big biblical theme. We see that again, we see in, in the Psalms everywhere in David. Of course, we see it in the book of Job as he goes through enormous loss. I mean, Job can't even imagine living any longer. He shouts at God, his prayers are wild. Uh, he's transparent. He's honest about it. He tells God exactly how he feels, much like David did and Jesus in the Garden of Gethsemane, Jeremiah. Again, so unlike us. And, and there are just so many endings coming to us personally and to our people uh, continually. Things like the ending of, of, of you know each uh, phase of life of our age, whether it's, again, teenagers becoming young adults, young adults becoming middle-aged, middle-aged becoming you know, older adults and going through 60s, 70s, 80s. It, no plastic surgery is going to change that. Uh, just there's endings at each phase of us chronologically going through. Then there's just the endings that come with dreams not uh, coming to fruition. And uh, one of the greatest spiritual challenges is mourning the loss of our dreams uh, that we've had and realize, okay, God's got different ones for us. And then there's just the catastrophic losses of, you know, spouse dying or child dying or uh, sudden traumatic, you know, uh, deaths of children and uh, affairs and divorces. I mean, then there's the silent losses of infertilities and uh, stillbirths and abuse and innocence loss. And then there's even endings about certain ideas about, of God that we've had in the church and, you know, oh my gosh, it's such an ending. Am I, you know, I've been following Jesus now for decades and I'm amazed at this phase of my life um, now in my early 60s of just how much I'm learning about God and God is so much larger than I imagined and and his kingdom so much broader. And what God's doing is just, it's just so massive. I, 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 you know, and yes, God gives us faith for each phase of our journey, but it's, it changes with time. And and, and and the principle is there has to be an ending or a death before there can be a new beginning. Uh, but there has to be that ending. Um, and sometimes we want the new, but we don't want to have that thing end first, especially when we're launching something new. 
And they basically move into what's called the confusing in between, this kind of waiting, this bewilderment. And we see this again clearly in the Psalms and David struggling with God. We see it clearly in the book of Job as his three friends come with Eliphaz and Zophar and Bildad. And, and they basically tell Job, you're suffering because of your sin. And, and they're, they're religious legalists. You know, you're not living a good life, Job. And, and it's wrong, you know, and it, 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 he's not suffering because of his sin. And Job has a lot of questions. Uh, they have a lot of answers. And but, but it goes to the heart of, of this whole idea of endings, which is waiting on God to bring something new and, you know, be still before the Lord and wait patiently for him. And, and there's so much of endings that we just, we don't know what's happening. We don't know what's unfolding. We can't see it. And like David, like Jeremiah, like the 12 at the crucifixion of Jesus and the death of Jesus, you're, you're, you're waiting, you know, you're just, you're waiting and you, you can't see anything. And it's, it's, a, it's a tunnel. It's a dark tunnel. But then the third phase is I allow something new to be birthed, uh, a new beginning to be, you know, to come forth. And, you know, good grieving is not, is letting the old bless us, letting the ending bless us. And uh, again, there's consequences of not paying attention to the losses. And, uh, but Job, for example, we see God prospering him again. And it's different. He has a different family and he lives to 140 years old and he gets another new family and new possessions, but he's a broken and changed man. He's different than he was in the beginning. And, uh, his soul is enlarged and and uh, God, you know, God has changed him and calls him my servant four times. It's an amazing story. And I think of David in the Psalms, you know, it, it's all these new beginnings and, and um, you know, the, obviously the disciples following the, following the crucifixion and comes the resurrection. And, uh, and so we all face these endings uh, in leadership. And the question is, are these endings going to make us or break us? Are they going to be crushing to our spirit? Or are they going to somehow mature us and grow us? And I, I can just promise you this. You will have endings uh, until you see him face to face. The story of Job is a story of us all. And uh, But this is equipping uh, this this issue of ending and new beginnings so that you can actually uh, enter into the greatness of what God has for you. Now, this, there's a tension of, of not wanting to move on. I can't tell you how many people I've met with who... Uh, you know, things have happened, whether they got released from their job or something happened, they ended up having to leave in, under tough circumstances. And how often uh, they have said to me, it was God, even though it was very painful. He was trying to get my attention to move on, but I would not. And so God finally thrust me out. Uh, and again, they hung on for whether it's financial security or resistance to change. Uh, but sometimes you can stay too long because you will not embrace the ending. And then sometimes God will move you on uh, forcibly. So, you know, I, I was asked, how do I grow in this endings and new beginning? A young leader asked me, and because this big stuff is going to come. Uh, and I just have four things I want to just, you know, share with you uh, before I talk about the big, big ending of successions that you'll do in your role. And these are, I think, four large discipleship issues that you just want to be pressing into as you confront endings, uh, whether it's people leaving or uh, your ministry growing or diminishing, uh, you're finding your communities changing uh, or betrayals, there's just endings happening on a leadership level that uh, are painful. And I, I really do believe that those of us in church leadership often will confront a larger uh, measure and quantity of endings or deaths simply because we're leading a community of people who have their own endings and, and we're processing it on a larger scale for a people, for a community, and not simply for ourselves. So here's my first counsel to you. Uh, 
to get yourself prepped for this is one is practice silence. In other words, that silence becomes a, a, a key spiritual practice for you on a daily basis. Uh, it, it's where we learn to we learn the ability to wait and to see what unfolds. We're, we learn to trust in the love of God when we can't see anything. We learn discretion, uh, that wisdom that uh, can wait. It's, it's where we realize so often that our ideas of what we think should happen are foolish and about how the world should work uh, and how it, uh, we think it can work. And we come actually become a lot less concerned about our own self-image preservation. And we actually learn detachment. But uh, endings and silence are, are key. You want to press into that. But And secondly, you want to be making sure you're slowing down uh, for loving union with God, for listening to God, uh, and listening to, your, to the Holy Spirit inside of you. Uh, in consolations, desolations, as you come to a place of indifference of what's happening inside. And um, as I continue to, in my own life, and I, I function as the leader of emotionally healthy discipleship as a ministry that's uh, out to the wider world. And I'm, I'm a, a pastor at large at New Life Fellowship, but even my role at New Life as the years have progressed, uh, it was just so interesting in the last year how I just became so aware of some shifts that needed to take place uh, in my role within the church, uh, in, in stepping back and in, in supporting and not being up front nearly as much, but it was an ending, uh, for me. And I just, I was, and the spirit was coming through my own desolation, but I had the time to actually listen to that. And, and even, even, you know, emotionally discipleship, we've run annual conferences. We've done things a certain way. This, this whole discipleship course has gone around the world, has grown, expanded, and we're realizing that there's an ending in the way we were running the ministry and was much smaller to where we are today. And uh, it's been disorienting. Uh, it's a new day. And we realize we're waiting on God for some things, but there are clearly some endings that we've had to embrace, that this is over. Uh, and uh, we've been doing it in a certain way, in some cases for 15 years. Uh, and, uh, you know, even mentoring people, I, I, I just realize how mentoring is a long-term project, you know, and people aren't projects, but people are changed slowly. And I think I have now four adult children. I've watched how they have changed very slowly. And when they have questions, they come to me. If they don't ask me the question about my opinion, that's because they don't want to hear it. And I learned how, how I'm watching my four adult children now in their 20s on how they're changing. And I realized there's such an application to mentoring, but it's an ending and realizing not just that my kids are older, but my role is different in their lives now. And the applications of, you know, I don't I don't have any, quote, formal supervisor authority over people I mentor either. It's just all, you know, it's it's free. And and along the way, people get what they want and I let the rest go. So you want to practice silence. You want to make sure you're, you're paying attention to consolations and desolations daily. I mean, inside of you, how is the Holy Spirit moving? Uh, and then you're seeking wise counsel from a few. Um, I've always had, you know, Jerry and I have had, you know, three, four people who are just you know, been whether it's mentors or board members, just folks with wisdom to be able to look into our lives and be able to help us discern endings uh, that were happening to us and to be able to move on. Because very often when you're in the middle of it, you just can't see it. And you say, I don't have anybody, Pete. Well, you want to pray and ask God for one or two people uh, that can just, they're not emotionally uh, in, in the system and so they're not emotionally charged. They can see things often very clearly. And you want to pray for uh, often older people. They don't have to be older, but who can see and give you some wise counsel. And then finally, uh, just remember your death daily.
it's one of the it's in Benedict's rule from the uh, 500s. Every day, remember your death. Uh, death grounds us, our earthly death. You know, we'll see him. You know, Psalm 90:12, teach me, Lord, to number my days aright. They may I may gain a heart of wisdom. Uh, because when you keep death before you. Uh, you realize it's all going to pass away. It's all going to end. Everything we're involved in here and anything we're involved in is a gift and we're going to see him someday face to face. And uh, so so those four things, but you know, practice silence, make sure you're, you're slowing down uh, to be listening to God inside of you and consolations and desolations. Uh, and then you're seeking wise counsel. You've always got a couple of people you can go to to help give perspective. And you're just remembering your death daily. You know, Psalm 90, great psalm to pray. Uh, now, listen, and we integrate limits in the midst. I, when I think of limits and integrating limits in my life as I grow older, um, it's a very critical principle to see limits coming to you uh, as you age. And again, this goes through your 20s, 30s, 40s, 50s, all along the way in your leadership. They are gifts from God to remember that you're going to die and you'll be completely limited relationally, physically, uh, before you see him face to face. And I uh, they are ways of grounding us and uh, each little limit, whether it's, um, you know, I can't play full court basketball, half court, court basketball, uh, you know, I, I, I can't even play any kind of beyond shooting around anymore. Uh, these are all limits and uh, just physically changing. These are gifts uh, to remember our death daily. But then there's the big endings. And I want to give you, I want to talk about one big ending. And I, and I talk about this at the end of the books. It's so critical. It's, it's really this ending of succession. And uh, there's lots of good books on how to do succession in terms of, you know, process and that, and, and you can look at that. But my my focus is on your inner life. Now, I'm not just talking about lead pastors here. I'm talking about any of us who are invested in a leadership position. Uh, at some point, we're going to pass that on to someone else. And whether you're, a, you know, a volunteer staff or a mid-sized church or a smaller church, uh, that we do this thing called an ending uh, for the sake of a new beginning. And uh, this is this is really high level stuff because our identity and our role inevitably get somewhat wedded, uh, tightly caught together. And so, um, when I talk to people about this, and because it's it's done well very rarely in churches and ministries, and yet it's so critical uh, for the long term advance of the kingdom of God. And so, I have three words that I consistently bring to people around. Succession, I'll leave with you. The first is the issue of stewardship and endings and new beginnings that you may be functioning a certain role of leadership uh, right now for your organization, your ministry, your church. Uh, but this is Jesus' church, not your church. And uh, you're going to die anyway. And and you're going to pass it on at some point. And so you're, you're, you want to be a good steward and pass this on to um you know, the next person and you're stewarding, you're shepherding his work. But then secondly, your, your identity, that your identity is not in being a pastor, a vice president, a board member, a staff person. You're, you're, you're God's son, you're God's daughter. And your first calling is to seek his face, to to be with him. Your goal in life is to see his face. In fact, all every day we're seeing his face more and more uh, to the time we'll see him actually face to face. In fact, we'll spend all eternity uh, seeing more and more of him. And uh, but my identity is not in a role that my identity is in him, and that's why I want to I want to constantly deepen my walk with Jesus. And uh, I think this endings and new beginnings brings out a lot of our core of how grounded uh, I am and we are in Jesus versus a particular role. And then of course there's a whole issue of trust. 
you know, faith. I mean, fear is the biggest reason why so many of us don't let go. And we unconsciously avoid stepping out of positional power. You know, what will I do? How will I live? Will I be forgotten? And we just get tempted to, to go into a scarcity mode versus generosity and forgetting that the key, the whole Christian life is trusting and trusting and, you know, letting go uh, and trusting Jesus. This is the work of God to trust in the one he has sent. And I, I love when, you know, Jesus says to Peter uh, at uh, in John 21, very truly, I tell you, when you were younger, you dressed yourself and went where you wanted. But when you are old, you will stretch out your hands and someone else will dress you and lead you where you don't want to go. You know, John 21. And uh, that is the Christian life. You will be led to places you don't want to go. Um, that is maturing. Uh, it's endings and new beginnings. That is the Christian life. I was with a, a friend, uh, pastors a large church, about 1,500 people. And uh, 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 under his watch, uh, there had been a financial scandal. And uh, he wasn't that attentive to what was going on. He trusted this person. And uh, it was really serious um, against his own personal character, accusations. And uh, he was going to just throw in a towel. Uh, it was so bleak. Uh, and I... You know, he called me and we talked on the phone and um, he made some mistakes, no question. He had not personally embezzled any money or anything like that, but he was responsible and the person on watch and he was taking a lot of hits. The church was losing a lot of people. and uh, But he had to do some things that were going to be hard but right to steady the ship. And I told him very simply, I said, we believe in the resurrection, that Jesus is alive. And that's really the core to this whole theology of endings and new beginnings. Jesus is alive. And uh, he is alive. And this fellow, he he stayed the course. And now it's, you know, years later and the place has resurrected. He's a different person and it's a different church and more mature. Uh, so we offer this theology of endings and new beginnings that Christ is alive. It's the heart of our faith. Death, there's endings, there's burials. We wait on the Lord for those three days or sometimes three months, sometimes three years, sometimes even 30 years. But there's always a new beginning because Jesus really is alive. And we bring that theology to people. Uh, that's how we frame life for the people that we serve. It's the core of discipleship and it's the core of leadership and our ministry. So what is it time to let go of in your own personal life and leadership? And what new thing might be standing backstage waiting to make its entrance for you under your leadership? So let me invite you to, to get a hold of our Mastering the Launch of the EH Discipleship Course Level 1 training. It just became available on our website. Go to emotionallyhealthy.org. Uh, it's the fruit of six to eight months of work that we've put together to make what has been a monthly live stream now available as an online experience for you that you can have available all the time for you and your team. So thank you very much, everybody, for being with us. and. May the Lord bless you and mature you and your ministry that uh, God may do a great work in and through you and what he's called you to do. Blessings to you and you have a great day.